Are you ready to stop telling yourself all the things you're not and see all the ways you already are who you one day hope to be? In this space, there's no more waiting for things to change. We tap into powerful decision-making to create exactly what we want for ourselves in our lives at home. Deciding that you're a good mum as defined by you is where we start. I'm Jo and I'll be sharing how I replace being busy trying to prove all the things with getting giddy about all that's possible for me as a stay-at-home mum of three. Hello, how are you? Welcome to episode four of Stay at Full Motherhood. This week we are talking all about taking action. Not in terms of getting stuff done, we are all experts at that. Even if we think we spend too much time scrolling on our phones and procrastinating, we absolutely do not have a problem with filling our time with doing. And, by the way, our kids are clothed and fed and the house is reasonably clean, so we know we're getting lots of stuff done all the time. I'm talking today about getting what matters to you done, creating the time in your day to do that thing that feels important to you for you. Now, that could well be working out or taking a shower or actually sitting down to eat your lunch, but really, I mean that thing I believe every stay-at-home mum has inside of them. That's something that is entirely unique to you, that you feel pulled to bring out into the world someday when, that thing you've always loved about yourself that you feel good and right in your body doing. So for me, that was writing. I always loved English classes at school. I worked as a journalist for a couple of years in my early 20s and then for a PR marketing firm where I was also writing ads. And so once I became a mum, I had the idea of starting a blog. But in seven years as a stay-at-home mum, I only managed to write one blog piece on city versus suburban living. And then I did nothing with it at all. And this may be a familiar story for you too, wanting something, starting something, but just never quite following through with it. And the reason we do this is not because it's hard, or if it is, we know that like anything, it will get easier the more we do it, but because we fear the feelings of disappointment and hurt if we fail at it. But what we forget when we're thinking this way is that we're already experiencing that disappointment and hurt anyway by not being willing to believe in ourselves enough to give it a real go. This is a pull that ex exists inside us. It's never going to just go away. So every time we go over in our heads all the reasons why we think we can't do it, we're really just stuffing it back down inside ourselves to resurface stronger and more persistent at some point later in the future. So Listing out all the reasons why you can't go for what you want is a pretty pointless exercise, really. And in any case, we have plenty of evidence around us in the world that being a mum is never the reason why you can't do something, nor is the housework you have to do, nor is your relationship and what your partner might think, and nor is time, which is the easiest thing for us to blame for everything, but which really has nothing to do with anything you've ever created or not created for yourself that's all on you. We do create the time to do the things that are important to us. We always feed our kids. We don't not clean the bathroom for months on end. In fact, we're always doing what we want to be doing, even if that's cleaning the toilet, because we do want a clean toilet. 
So of course it makes sense that if you're terrified of putting yourself out there and offering something to the world that you think puts you in danger of ridicule or perhaps even worse of being totally ignored, then that is not going to be something you want to do. Far safer is to do more loads of laundry than perhaps you truly need to. Uh, emptying a dishwasher your kid could also take care of and um, offering to let your partner go and do their thing on yet another Saturday because you want to have any excuse you can not to do the thing that keeps pulling at your attention. So let's look at this idea that you could be opening yourself up to ridicule. We have to remember that people are never paying us the attention we think they are. Everyone is busy being busy with their own lives and their own drama and their own worries about what everyone else is thinking of them. And this idea that you are putting yourself at risk to fail, yes, of course there is risk involved with anything, but you are not going to fail at this because you get to decide what success looks like for you. And you get to decide that you're not going to stop until you're there. And by that point, you'll be so filled with joy at creating something that feels so you that I'm willing to bet you're going to want to keep going anyway. All you actually need to do right now is to make the decision to be willing to try. If you're waiting for your circumstances to change to make it easier for you to do this, if, for example, you're waiting until you can afford a babysitter or until the kids are all in school, then just know that this is you having actively made the decision not to go for it. And we don't need to judge ourselves for this in any way. It's totally understandable why you would make that decision when you have a human brain. Staying the same as you are now is always going to seem preferable to a human brain that is wired for survival. Remember, we are not wired for pleasure or fulfillment. Your brain does not want to expend energy on forming the new neural pathways necessary to think differently about yourself or to figure out how to do new things. It cares only about your survival and it knows you survive very well doing things the same way you've always done them because you're still here very much alive even if you're not feeling fulfilled in all the ways you know you could be. So your brain will offer thoughts like, if I go ahead with this, I'll soon be completely unrecognisable to my partner. Or I'll be abandoning my kids after I chose to put myself at the centre of their world. Listen, neither of these things are true. Doing what you love, what lights you up and what is meant for you only ever makes you more of who you are and more able to show up authentically to your relationships with your partner and kids. And also to show up to motherhood overflowing with purpose and passion and creativity and letting your kids see what it looks like to believe in yourself and to go out and create your own dreams. And this can all be a lot less complicated than we ever think it has to be. If you want to be a writer, then be a person who writes and ta-da, you are one. I wanted to have a podcast two and a half years ago, so I bought a course and all the equipment but then I became totally overwhelmed with everything I was told I'd need to make it a success. So, of course, I'm not a podcaster. I'm not a podcaster until a client who launched her podcast within just seven weeks of having a tiny sniffle of an idea told me that all I needed to start mine was an app on my phone. And ta-da, here I am, a podcaster recording episode four. We only make it complicated because our brain's job is to keep us safe, which means keeping us the same. 
Just keep reminding yourself of this over and over and there will truly be nothing you cannot do. So once you've made the decision that you are willing to go for what you want, which literally takes no more than a split second to decide, you want to make a shift in your energy right off the bat to get yourself in done energy for the first step you're going to take rather than the doing energy that we're living in most of the time. You don't need to be doing doing all day long. You certainly don't need to fill your days. Most of the tasks you're doing right now are completely unnecessary and come from thinking mums need a to-do list to be organised and believing that checking things off a to-do list is the job of a stay-at-home mum. I have three kids and I used to live by my list, which I kept in the notes on my phone, until I realised that really it was each check that I was living for and that I was paying no attention whatsoever to the impact of getting those things on my list done. Were they getting me closer to where I wanted to be or just keeping my days filled? I was definitely all about the doing and I was living in the belief that I had to complete all the things on my list before I could rest or have fun. And of course, this made perfect sense because we are all raised to believe that the more you do, the more productive you are, the more valuable you are to your family or to your workplace or to society in general. And so my to-do list served as the perfect distraction. No wonder I never paid any real attention to what I wanted for myself. And no wonder I thought I'd never have the chance to pursue anything, even if I did. Because of course no one can make it through a list a mile long. Most of the items on it probably need to be followed up with another five steps anyway. The list doesn't matter. You can have one or not. But what does matter is doing one small thing towards what you want to create for yourself. I no longer have a to-do list. I gave it up about a year ago and I know I'm not forgetting to feed anyone. I can see what needs to be done around the house. I live according to my own standards of tidiness and cleanliness, not according to a schedule I think I should follow because that's what stay-at-home mums or anyone else should be doing. In fact, we don't want to be focusing on the doing in our days at all or we will just always be doing. Of course, there is always more to do. Instead, what we want to focus on is picking one thing we want to get done this week. Not do, but actually get done. We want to be in that done energy before we even start the thing so that there's no question of whether we'll complete it or not. And this is a feeling, a certainty we experience in our bodies. We create this for ourselves beforehand because we understand that our feelings drive our actions and that our actions create the results we want to see in our lives. And I know that for me, the best way to be in this done energy is to start my day with dancing to music I love, because when I dance, I immediately feel powerful and capable, and I truly believe there is nothing I can't do, because it feels so good to be in my body in those moments. Of course, it doesn't have to be dancing for you. Anything that lights you up in this way is a great way to start off your morning. But if you can't think of anything you love to do right now, and that's okay, then just be willing to experiment this week with paying attention to your posture when you first get up. If you rush headlong into your day with your head down and your shoulders hunched, use your posture here as a compass to inform you of where you're at and what you're thinking about yourself and also what you want to believe about yourself to take you to where you want to be. A slumped, hunched spine will certainly impact your confidence. So when you notice this happening... Make the conscious effort to stand up tall and put your shoulders back to build that belief in yourself. 
And Mel Robbins, she suggests in her book, The High Five Habit, uh, giving yourself a high five as you stand in front of the mirror and look yourself in the eye. First thing, which I love. And I also feel amazing when I stand in the superhero pose with my fists on my hips and my chin held high. And another thing I do to celebrate, um, I celebrate my wins from the day before. Any little thing counts. And I smile to myself. The impact of just smiling can be huge. So just remember, you do get to feel exactly the way you want to feel. That's a choice you get to make anytime you want to. And a brilliant example of this comes from author Greg Braden's story about his Native American friend David, who wanted to bring on the rain during a long drought in New Mexico in the 1990s. So the book, The Magic of Prey Rain by Jeanette Moore, talks about how David, rather than singing and chanting and dancing as expected to bring on the rain, he simply closed his eyes and spent time quietly standing in a sacred circle. And I quote here from the book, David said if he prayed for rain, he wouldn't get rain. Because when we pray for something, we acknowledge its absence. And that acknowledgement empowers the very condition we don't want. What David did was pray rain. He felt the rain falling on his arms, collecting under his toes, smelled it in the air, tasted it on his tongue. Imagine shoulder high corn due to all the rain that's come. He felt rain. And the story goes that it, of course, rained soon after that. So I love this example because it, it illustrates so beautifully the place you want to be in when we're creating the life we want for ourselves. We put ourselves squarely in the energy of having what we want done now, even before we start doing anything at all, therefore making it inevitable that it gets done. And you also, of course, get to pick when you're going to get it done, as well as decide how long it's going to take you. Yes, you get to set the time you have available for it and you get it done in that time or you face the consequences. So we might be pretty good at doing this with our kids or maybe not so good at all. But as adults, we tend to think that we can just do it later or add it to tomorrow's tasks or next week's list. But when we do this, we continue to be a person who cannot trust in their own decisions, their own abilities and capabilities and we deny ourselves the opportunity to see the evidence that we, of course, get tasks done in the time we set for them. We are so much more capable than we think. And I've been learning this recently doing HIIT workouts at the gym. Every time I think I can't complete a set and my coach tells me that I can, then I do. Definitely not perfectly, but I always get it done. We are never going for perfection here. That is something we leave at the door when we commit to going for what we want because it's so subjective and it becomes meaningless and unnecessary. This is about having fun bringing your gifts out into the world and blowing your own mind. And the final part of this is that when we've done the thing, then we celebrate each and every time. So I again go to dancing for my celebration here, or I do a shaking meditation to really funky music that I love, or I go and sit outside. So experiment a little with that this week. It's so fun to realize that you absolutely can trust yourself to create the life you want without adding more into your day when you're simply willing to stop doing the things that exhaust and deplete you and start doing more and more of the things that bring you joy. It's really about allowing your pile of good things to grow because these things you love are all already in you. You don't have to devote any time or energy to going out there and searching for them. 
only on letting them exist out here in the world. So that is it for episode four. If you'd like an easy way to remind yourself that taking action is always going to be part of going for what you want, even when your brain is saying, not today, love, think of the oars on a rowing boat. You can have your mindset, that's very important, of course, but if you don't want to keep going round and round in circles and ultimately stay stuck right where you are, you need to take your action oar and row with that one too. So I'm going to invite you to take action right now by signing up for my mailing list. Just send an email over to me at joejoyfulmama at gmail.com. That's J-O-J-O-Y-F-U-L-L-M-A-M-A at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.